Some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, freaking guy. It is... Uh, Coronavirus Tuesday, March 24th. This is Spit. You're listening to the Spit Podcast. David Lee Scales, I'm Scott Bass, and we are talking all things surf in the world. And uh, David, good morning. Good morning, Scott. In, a, in this brand new world order that we're in, uh, unprecedented times here, dude. You feel so tentative to me. I feel like you've been like tiptoeing through the building, keeping your six to nine feet of distance. Yes. You scared? Am I scared? That's an interesting term. No, but there is, there are moments of financial fear. Financial fear. Sure. I'll tell you what. I agree with you. I was not necessarily concerned about um, my own health and well-being, you know, and I don't know anybody who's unwell due to coronavirus. Like, I know it is. I don't mean to undermine the issue for elderly and all that sort of stuff, or just for society at large. However, yesterday I did feel like I had a couple of conversations where I kind of recognized the financial um, vulnerability of all of us and everybody. And when I thought about my own situation, I'm like, well, I'm not gonna. I'm okay. Like, I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to run out of money. I can still pay my rent. I can still afford to eat, even if those things do happen. I, I don't foresee this going on for long enough to where I would be out of food or shelter. However, it certainly adjusts my planning. It adjusts my plan, my one-year plan. It adjusts my five-year plan. It adjusts a lot of things. And so that started to make me feel stressed out. Yeah, there's occasionally some some of that that sneaks in, you know, some like, what if this thing goes more than two months? You know, like, what if this thing goes for a long time? Then then all of a sudden, everybody's screwed. Like, you know. Dude, even two months. I know, two months is gnarly. I mean, even right now is gnarly. It's crazy. Everybody's had to put on hold, postpone, cancel, change our entire lives. How like, right now, I'm six feet away from you. I've got my little... Alcohol spray. Yeah. I'm gonna wear, I'm gonna bring binoculars next time so I can see you while we're talking. <laughs> Good thing these cords are six feet each, so that gives us twelve feet if we really needed it. I'm gonna bring a golf club. You can't get near me. I'll be like an old man swinging his <laughs> golf club. Well, that's I understand you feeling extra vulnerable for that exact reason, you know, because it affects the elderly more. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not as concerned. <laughs> Touche, my friend. So check this out. So a couple funny things about the coronavirus, if we can make light of it. Not funny, but sort of interesting, I guess. So this morning, so yesterday afternoon, I started getting all these messages. Hey, they're closing the beaches. City of Del Mar is closing the beach. City of Solana Beach, closing the beach. City of Encinitas, closing the beach. County of San Diego, closing beaches. City of San Diego, closing beaches. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what does that mean exactly for you and I, David, for surfers? Like, how is that going to affect us? And my, so I came up with a little moniker, like a little phrase, which is, I'm not going to the beach. I'm going through the beach to go into the ocean. Going to the beach, you'd see me with, 
you know, a basket of fruit and some sandwiches and a picnic and maybe a couple towels and a smash ball and maybe some sand prancing volleyball equipment. But no, all I have is me, myself, a wetsuit and a surfboard and I'm going to the ocean. Just Love so it. happens I have to go through the beach to get there. So I'm not going to the beach. You're catching the government on semantics. I like it. Well, that's all I've got. And I'm not even sure I have that. So I this morning I'm like, holy shit, they're, uh, they're not going to let me go surfing, which is like a huge thing that goes way back into my psyche as a teenager. Like when my parents would take my surfboard away, I would, you know, I, I would revolt. I was a rebel, you know, like I would take off. And so I have this real insecurity about somebody taking that thing from me. That is the thing that perhaps just this side of God, there's nothing that I love more. And it, and it's probably because it's my connection in many ways to a spiritual thing. I don't know. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of figuring that out unless you want to do that later. But so I was really paranoid this morning about not about some authoritative figure saying you can't go surfing. And I was just like, so I got up real early at the crack, did the surf report, went down to the beach. Sure enough, all the all the beach, all the parking lots are locked up, gated up, Carter Freef locked up, Seaside locked up. I drive through Solana Beach into Del Mar. I'm going to go surf the river mouth. There's a huge flashing sign that says beach is closed. And there's yellow caution tape on every access point at each beach end, like 29th Street, 28th Street, 27th, like all the way down, yellow tape, beach clothes signs. And I'm like, oh man, you know, and I'm texting my friend. I'm like, look, George's is open. I'm going to do a UE and go surf at George's. And then I, so I throw a UE and I drive by the river mouth and a super fun little three foot reeling little left-hander south swell wave peels off. And I'm like, that's it. Throw another UE and I go and park at the river mouth. And I'm just like, I'm going out. There's no one around, you know, like it's 630 in the morning. So I throw my suit and I step over the caution tape and I go and I surf this morning by myself, which I love. And, and I get a bunch of super fun waves, you know, and, and, and it was just one of those moments where when you're some of my, I guess, most spiritual moments are when I'm surfing by myself. And, and I'm just having this great moment surfing, catching fun, getting exercise, huffing and puffing, um, riding, surfing, doing the whole deal. Oh, an interruption. That hasn't happened in years. And uh, and about an hour into my session, this other guy paddles out. There's no one around. There's not a soul. I can't see anyone in the water as far as the eye can see, and I can't see anyone on the beaches. And this guy paddles out like 15 yards away from me, and I'm thinking to myself, God, are you kidding me? Like, why do you have to paddle out here? Right. For a couple of reasons. One... If the lifeguards see us together, that means we're not social distancing and they have a reason to come hound us. Two, it's just the number one kooky faux pas is to paddle out at a beach break right next to a guy when there's peaks up and down the beach for miles. Yeah. So I'm just like in my own head, just selfishly going, what a douchebag this guy is you know and then i'm going god maybe i'm the douchebag maybe i should just be loving to this guy and be like hey what's up and say hi to him and just surf with him you know like but you know the douchier side of me kind of took over and i'm like this guy's lame that's just lame it's lame david help me out is it lame it is lame okay thank you yeah so 
eventually the guy, the current pulls the guy towards me because I'm fighting the current. So I'm paddling up towards my marker on the cliff and he's drifting down to me. And finally, we're like this close, maybe even closer, six feet close. And I go, hey, which peak do you want to surf? Just tell me which peak you want to surf. He's like, why? What, what do you mean? I'll, I'll surf any of them. And I'm like, well, it'd probably be good if we weren't together. And he goes, okay. And I was like, you know, like social distancing. And if the lifeguards see us surfing together, we'll give them a reason to come hound us. And he goes, okay, I, okay, I'll go up there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, go up there. You go up there. Go line up at the White House up there and I'll surf this peak off of this marker. And we did that and everything was cool. And and it, and it was good. Yeah. So the second thing that happened to me was that yesterday. So I went golfing yesterday on a closed golf course. I stepped over the yellow caution tape. The golf course is closed. It's a municipal golf course. And I'm like, I need to get some exercise. I'm just going to walk. And I got my bag and I'm walking and I'm playing golf. And I get through like two. I'm on the third hole. And I see up the top of the cart path, like maybe quarter mile away, half mile away, three cops on motorcycles. And they're doing a procession down the cart path. And I can tell they're coming to get me. Yep. And I just see them coming. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm busted. You know, I might even get arrested here, you know. And they come and they park and I walk up to them and I'm just like, what do you want me to do? Yes, sir. No, sir. Absolutely, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. Never happen again, sir. You know, and they're like, he, the guy just kind of, he rousted me pretty hard. I mean, not hard, but he wasn't like, hey, man, you got to leave. He was like, what are you doing here? You know, he was just like all hot and bothered. And I was just like, yes, sir. I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. He's like, if I see you here again, you're going to get arrested, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And so I walked off. So those are my two misdemeanor stepping over the caution tape moments. But I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see, especially along the beaches with surfers being the way we are. And as I explained it, we're sort of driven in a fashion that I don't think the rest of society understands, at least me, um, to just get in the water. And I'm not going to let an authoritative figure stop me for the most part, you know, if I can get around it. And that means first and foremost, being sneaky and finding out the spots where I can sneak out. You know, like you can't necessarily like, you know, park at San Onofre and paddle out. You're going to get shut down. They're not even going to let you in probably. But there are other zones around the state where we can fulfill our mission. I love this, man. You are living your best life this week. I mean, this is your dream scenario, right? You kind of Except are. that I don't have any money yet. <laughs> right. Well, there's that, which you don't need for the things that you're doing because golf is free if you walk onto the course. Um, so I do love this, though. And I also think... I'm not even morally opposed to it because you are social distancing. You, I mean, you had an argument against that cop right there. You could have been like, hey, buddy, this is as far from other people as anybody else in the county is right now. I have the maximum amount of distance and I'll pay the fee for the course, but they're not open. They're not taking it. So who's this hurting? This is hurting nobody. Well, Go home and do your job. I've had enough experience with. I know <laughs> the police to realize that I'm not going to get anywhere with this guy. Like no, I, I, I immediately just, of course. Yeah. But I agree with your theory anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you weren't doing anything wrong. No. In fact, but I even had, you might not know this, but there are some golf etiquette, um, uh, guidelines that, that we wish we should use. Right. And one of them is 
fill your divots. Like if you make a divot right. with your swing and a big chunk of the grass flies into the air, you need to go fill that divot with some sand, right? Yeah. So that, And so I brought one of those little bottles that you have there, David, a, a water bottle. Who makes those? Hydro flask. A hydro flask. So I brought like a hydro flask filled with sand. So I was, I was doing everything, you know, I was fixing my divots. I was doing it. I wasn't just out there not right. caring for the course. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, now, in contrast to everything I just said, applauding you, you were the exact reason why the beaches are closed. I disagree with that. I, every, I know where you're coming from. Every but, person. Yeah. So w to fill in the gap, uh, this weekend at the beach looked like 4th of July. Absolutely. Weekend. It was crazy. It was beach blanket bingo yeah. everybody i mean within six feet of one another blankets spread everywhere um and so basically but the that's not what i was doing the authorities though came out and they said but i'll get i'll get to that in a second the authorities came out and said look we left the beaches and the parks open because we want you to be able to get exercise get get in the sun whatever but you're abusing the privilege you're not social distancing. This was all so that we could social distance. You're abusing the privilege. So I guess we're going to have to slap you on the wrist and shut down the beaches in their entirety. So that's what happened. So what I'm saying is related to you is your thought is one person won't hurt it. Well, if 30,000 people say I'm that one person, then nobody gets to use the thing. So why should you be allowed to break the rule? Well, you, you bring up a great point. And I think in theory, your point's hard to shoot holes into. But um, what I would suggest to you that if 30,000 people keep six feet from each other or more, then we are partaking in social distancing. Now, granted, 30,000 people probably aren't going to fit onto the beach. So in a perfect world, once we get to that place where I no longer can use the beach because I'm that person that now makes social distancing four feet instead of six feet, then I need to raise my hand and go, okay, well, I missed out. I got here too late. I'll come back later. Of course, that's not going to happen. And you're right. The, what really occurred is we had this incredible weather day after a stormy couple of days. The sun came out. It was gorgeous at the beach. Everybody was there. There was a huge low tide. And so there was just, especially in San Diego, there was this sort of spring break, spring break fever. Yeah. And it was probably like that in Huntington. I don't know. Yeah, it was. But at the beach where I live in the Encinitas and Cardiff area, there was people that like my wife and I, we went for a walk and everywhere I went, there was pods of two or one or maybe three. And they were family pods that were allowed to be together that didn't need to social distance. And, and all of these pods were doing a great job of staying away from each other. It was like a, a re reverse magnetic field almost. It was like wherever you went, people kind of moved away from you and we all respected that and everyone did that. And when somebody was on a beeline towards you, they recognized, oh, it was time to move. And, and everybody did a really, I thought, a fabulous job of handling that. Now down in Pacific Beach, Mission Beach, down in San Diego Beach is central where there's just a mass of humanity, a, a larger quantity of humanity that's going to go use the beach. It turned into chaos. And so they've done this blanket closure of beaches as opposed to sort of going, well, they kind of got it right up here. Let's just let them go until they screw it up. But down here, they definitely screwed it up. So let's kind of turn that one off. And as I mentioned, instead, they've just sort of done this blanket thing. Now, Oceanside, from what I understand, is still open. 
and of course we're being real regional and, and yeah. this show is a global show so well speaking, but we could yeah go to australia i mean speaking globally sydney closed its beaches um anybody that crosses is subject to a fine Europe, obviously, almost all of Western Europe is shut down. I posted a video in um, Peru of a guy getting arrested after coming in from the beach. So we're seeing what scares me almost more, by the way, than the closures is or the pandemic itself is the um, police state that's being enforced. Exactly. That is freaky. Seeing like people get arrested. Like, look. The cop that you encountered on the golf Three course. Three cops with jackboot leather boots up to their but, knees just jackbooting their fascism my way. But even that, they handled correctly. Look, reprimanding you, making you feel bad, go yeah. home. No, that but was cool. seeing people coming in in their wetsuit being like manhandled and arrested is sketchy. Like, yeah. it's not really a crime. This no. is a temporary enforcement, but this isn't really a crime that is worth putting somebody in jail over, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, if you arrest me, that means you're not practicing social distancing. <laughs> That's a good point. I heard that cops aren't even pulling people over for speeding. They, this is, just a, this is a global, this is Dude, an I've urban seen, rumor. I've seen people going 90. I mean, I'm going 80, but I've seen people going 90. <laughs> people um, are just freewheeling. Flying, flying. But there's also been some crazy horrific accidents too, by the way. Oh, just on my drive here, I saw a car on the, going the wrong way. She wasn't moving. It was coming at me. She was in the um, emergency lane, like right, not on the slow side, but on the fast side, facing the wrong direction. So just out of lanes. But I'm coming down through like Laguna Niguel, and it's a headlights facing at me on my side of the freeway. Oh I was God. like, what? And I wanted, I was fumbling for my phone. I wanted to like film it as I was driving by. But again, I was going 80, so it was too fast. Um, Okay, so any, at any rate, back to surfing. Uh, a bunch of beaches are closed. So this, I think, hits world globally a little harder than, well, more than me because my beaches are still open. But um, I also don't think that, like, it's understandable that they would bust you on the golf course. It's less, they, they shouldn't really bust you if you're just surfing. If you're doing exactly what you said and just walking through the beach, I feel like surfers are socially distanced by nature. We're trying to make, and I also think that there will be, there won't really be any situations where people are heavily crowded together unless maybe it lowers or something like that. But for the most part, most beach breaks that you surf are pretty spread out around here and you can stay six feet away. So interestingly, as I returned home this morning from surfing, the Seaside Reef parking lot was now open and it was packed. Relatively, not packed, but it was, it had the same crowd that it would have on any other day, which is a lot of guys, a lot of kids surf there. It's kind of a Grom spot. There's parents. There's like, you know, like wannabe surf pro kids everywhere. It's yeah. like the place to be seen and get filmed and blah, blah, blah. And it was and, and it was a problem. Like this is the type of behavior that's yeah, going to cause us exactly. to have problems. Yeah. And the other big thing that bummed me out, and then I went past and Cardiff too was open and there was guys just doing their normal parking lot bullshit. You know, like three guys having a cup of coffee, talking shop or whatever. Yeah. And and the this now more than ever, if you are listening to this and you go to the beach, do not go with anybody. Go by yourself. Like the concept of going with more than one person in a car is wrong. We well, need to go one person in a car. By the way, as you know, I'm a big fan of this forever, no matter if we're in a pandemic or not. 
You should never go surfing with three guys. Meet your friends at the beach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go by yourself. It makes the parking lot seem more crowded. It makes the surf less crowded. What's the downside to that? And I know somebody's going to go, oh, it costs money or global warming. It's like, okay, don't own a surfboard. You know, like, okay. I'm going to restate this multiple times throughout the show. I'm wrong. No, 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 no. It fits with exactly what you're saying. If every, if all of us spent two weeks, 14 days, six feet away from another, we would kill the virus. The virus would cease to spread. If everybody spent 14 days, six feet away from one another. Think about that. So if we every incident of failure or degree of failure beyond what I just said is going to prolong this virus. So you want to talk about the economic effects? They could go on for years if you don't abide by that. It, even one day beyond that, you're going to have detrimental effects to your pocket, you know, to your 401k and all of that. So yeah, that sucks to stay inside six feet away from everybody for two weeks, but it's the fastest path to normalcy again and to health and economic well-being and stability. Well, I, I love it, and I'm glad you're going to reiterate it over and over again. And it's simple. Yes. It's so simple. And don't go surfing with... Go by yourself. Stay six... It doesn't matter. Stay six feet away. Stay That's six it. feet away. That's the only mandate. Don't go with three people. Six don't. feet away from them. <laughs> if you have you a, gonna if go you surfing a limo, with, how can and you, one's in the front, yeah, one's in the I was back. Say, how can you get three people in that Prius of yours and not be <laughs> six feet away? Well, it's a stretch Prius. Right. And secondly... It's a You're also going to be touching the surfaces in there, so that's probably sketchy. Do you have wipes in your Prius? I don't. Oh, man, you need some Clorox disinfectant wipes in there. Yeah. I got one of these for you. After the show, I'll, hit you. I'll give you one of these. A little spray bottle of alcohol? Yeah. Nice. We've got Thank quite you. a few of it's them. It's not Purell? It's um, alcohol. Let's see. It's just some disinfectant? It's 62% uh, alcohol anti- Microbial. Does it say Scott on it? <laughs> what is it? Oh, scan. <laughs> I thought it had your name. I was like, yeah, what? mommy, mommy put my name on it. Okay, so check. We need to um, offer some condolences real quick. People are losing their jobs, dude. I want to hear how this has affected the boardroom show because we haven't even talked about that yet. Um, but I've gotten emails from people, listeners who have sent us an email in the past, and now we're probably on their automatic like in their library of emails, sending out um, sayonaras, sign-offs from their place of employment. Like, hey, I'm being furloughed or I'm being let go. Sorry, to ask, you know, but hopefully I'll be back in a few weeks. We don't know what's happening. So people are losing their jobs is my point. And uh, it's tragic. There's a it lot is. of people listening to this right now who don't. And by the way, I heard a stat, which really, really was horrendous. It was like 40% of Americans only have a $400 cushion in their monthly kind of budget and bank account. So there's no way to survive even one week without work. We need universal basic income. Andrew Yang. That's been on the Yang gang forever. That is so not going to solve anything. It's going to help. But there is... Tell that to the guy who needs some money. Give him 2,000 bucks right now. Yeah, it'll help him very, very short term. Well, that's all people are thinking one day at a time right now. Well, right now they are. But Andrew Yang was hyping this before any of the economic crisis. Right. Anyways, it uh, there is a stimulus package obviously being um, trying to get pushed through right now, which could not only help individuals um, with little 
coverage, but also help small businesses with forgivable loans. I guess the package is supposed to support like one month of expenses for businesses. The government will just give you a loan and then it's forgivable based on certain, if you meet certain criteria, like after a couple of months, you don't have to pay it back. So there is help on the way potentially. But How do you apply for that? Like, where does that exist? I mean, I hear a lot of this stuff, but nobody's pointing me to any Well, because it's all location. being pushed through Congress right now. They're working out all the details. Holy shit. Um, but well, yes. this could amount to like regular, it, and by the way, the, um, whatever I just said. Stimulus? Uh, stimulus package is going to be like on a sliding scale obviously so depending on your earnings will uh dictate the amount that you receive but in theory you know people get a thousand dollar check next month just to help them get through um so those things have a little bit of optimism but condolences to those who are suffering from this i mean the whole service industry is crushed airbnb is down 50 percent bookings locally i mean in the us 90 percent in asia so a lot of people who have kind of used that to help cover part of their mortgage in the last couple of years are out um all the gig economy uber lyft all those people are getting crushed so crazy tragic times what did you have you know what my stimulus package is oh great day to day i had a i had a stimulus package the other day i was in a meeting i was in one of those zoom meetings you know where yeah. everybody's it's like hollywood squares you know everybody's on my computer and on my other monitor I had two meetings in a row, two business meetings in a row at the same time. And on my monitor is the most epic snapper rocks I think I've ever seen. It was just mind-blowingly perfect snapper rocks for my hour and a half meeting. And these guys were just droning on and on. And I had them on mute. And I was just watching the most insane low tide snapper behind the rocks. You would literally turn it on and guys were getting three tubes in a row and getting spit out. And, the, and as you know, those cyclone swells are like 10 or 12 second intervals. So there's just never ending sw- sets after sets after sets. It was just pumping. So for two days, I was gloriously stimulated Beautiful. through my own stimulus package of watching the Surfline Snapper Rocks cam. It was mental. Uh, and I was fired up to go surfing. And the surf was shitty. Are the people, who, are the people who uh, were in that meeting listening to this right now? <laughs> Uh-oh. This is how Scott conducts Doesn't mean I meeting. wasn't involved in the meeting. You it just, just means that behind the Zoom thing, I had the snapper rock cam going. You had them on mute. I, I had this like glazed look of puppy dog love, and they're like, what, why are you so enamored right now with this uh, spreadsheet we're discussing? Zoom is going to crush it. Zoom, Zoom is crushing it. Peloton. Peloton is crushing it. Amazon. Amazon crushing alcohol it. brands, alcohol brands, unfortunately crushing. It. Um, so how has it affected the boardroom show? We have big news. Uh, well, look, luckily for us, I got out in front of this thing and we've got postponement dates. So we're doing the boardroom show. It's happening. We're excited. It's going to be a good show. But the news I, is that it's postponed. It's we haven't postponed. Even told listeners yet. Okay. Yeah. The show's postponed. It's September 26th and September 27th, more than six months from now at the same location, Del Mar Fairgrounds Exhibition Hall. And as you know, we used to do the show in the fall anyway. The waves will be good. It, it's going to be, It's. I'm excited about it. Tom, everyone's on board. Pat Current, uh, Pat Rawson's going to be there, of course. We're honoring him. Everything's the same. Right. I've had one exhibitor drop out. Oh, that's Only awesome. one. Everyone else is in. 
Gotcha. And they're excited about getting their lives and their businesses up and going. And believe me, consumers and surfers want to see the greatest um, new products you know, out there and, and be a part of the surfboard industry. And this is where you can do that. So, so listeners who maybe have booked travel plans to go to the May, um, they should be aware and obviously make an accommodation yes. change. Yes. And, I, and I, from what I understand, um, airlines, hotels, all that sort of stuff is being accommodating due to this sort of a thing. So even if you book like a non-refundable hotel, they'll likely be able to at least switch the dates. Yes, postpone. exactly. Yeah. Now, the California Gold Surf Auction, another thing that my company does, we're, we have moved those dates to July 11th. So the auction will close on July 11th, um, something like three months from now. Um, so we're going to let that, we're going to let things settle down. David, six feet away, limit your contact, use your alcohol and wash your hands, and we're going to get through this thing. How has everything changed, or how have things changed for you around the house? It's crazy. Both my, both my college-age kids have come back home, and so it's just like full house. Yeah. Full house. Um, are you enjoying this time? Yeah, I've watched some great stuff on TV, you know, and um, and I'm reading uh, Angela's Ashes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Frank McCourt, classic book. I think I've read it before, actually, but anyway, I'm rereading it. And um, I watched a really good movie, Blinded by the Light, a feel-good... Everyone needs a feel-good movie. This is your feel-good movie, Blinded by the Light. It's the story of a Hindu kid growing up in England in the 80s who's just sort of that kid that, you know, is quiet and sort of ostracized by his, he's actually Pakistani, ostracized by his Pakistani um, immigrant nature in this London suburb. And times are tough. People are getting laid off. Jobs are, there's a lot of xenophobia. Jobs are, are hard to get. And he somehow or another finds the music of Bruce Springsteen. What? Yes. You're going to love this movie, dude. I want you to watch this movie. Tears were pouring down my face, which doesn't, isn't really that hard, to be honest with you. But it's a feel-good movie. Blinded by the light. Go, get, go rent this or watch it on Netflix or Amazon Prime or wherever you do Where'd that. Where did you watch it? I think Amazon Prime. Okay. Blinded by the Light. It's a really cool movie. Awesome. It's a really good, feel-good, happy, joyous, in. innocent movie. I'm in. Yes. It's a funny premise. It's a gr- it's a good it's a well-written, well-crafted. Sweet. I think it might have been nominated for a few awards too. Uh, I'm not okay. sure which one. Well, then what Okay, so what have you been watching? Oh man, I've been watching something every single night. I mean, this is a stupid one, but last night we watched Joe versus the Volcano. The Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movie from like the early 90s. Best movie ever. It was good, dude. It was so good. Uh, Somebody made a joke about coronavirus like, oh, have we tried throwing a virgin into a volcano yet? And I was like, hey, that reminds me of Joe versus the volcano. And we were thinking about Tom Hanks because he and Rita Wilson actually tested positive for it. Um, And I was like, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. And I remember being really charmed by it when I was a kid. Just the novelty of like the silliness of it. And sure enough, it's very, very silly. Like the island that he has to go to to jump into the volcano, like 
the islanders are obsessed with orange soda you know so little details like that and they're just like chugging orange soda every time you see them um little details like that are just silly i like movies of that era that are just so kind of by the numbers there's almost an equation that they all followed where there's a musical montage in the middle you know where they're dancing and stuff and um and by the way tom hanks makes everything better i was thinking just the fact that he's in this you know smiles will abound Tom yeah. Hanks. He's just a smiley guy, you know? Yeah. And uh, who else, like anybody else that they could have put in that role with the movie have been the same? No, no, no. He brings a certain levity to everything where I'm just in for the ride. No matter what the movie's about, Tom Hanks in it, I'm in for the ride. So I really enjoyed that just as a throwback, nostalgic yeah. watch. You and I listened to some of the same podcasts, and you may have heard one of these guys that we listened to say this, which I thought was really telling, but he was talking about the AIDS crisis in the 90s and how it was sort of pushed aside for a while all up until a point when and that point was when magic johnson tested positive and came out with hiv and then all of a sudden we have a face for this thing you know magic johnson is the face of hey we have all got to rally around and let's all do the right thing and solve this problem now that magic johnson's got it well shit we better acknowledge it you know it's a good point and tom hanks sort of did that for me with this coronavirus like when you saw on the news I, I remember looking at my twitter and it just popped up and i'm like holy shit tom hanks has got this thing he's in australia yeah you know and that kind of like helped me kind of go okay let's help tom hanks yeah that's interesting so i saw a comedian tweet i think it was whitney cummings tweeted something to that effect of like it's almost as if mother nature wanted us to take this really seriously so she gave it to tom hanks just so we would all be alerted you know, if it Bingo. happened to some B-list... Hey, by the way, how late or how long will it be until some B-list celebrity pretends that they have it just for the headline? Oh, my God. That's weird. Who it's would that guaranteed be? guaranteed to happen. Who would that like be? Like some reality star, probably, or like some Bravo like a, like a, celebrity. Like, like one of the, like... like A, a housewife a, or whatever. Like not a Kardashian, but one of the, like, kind of... A, B-level Kardashian actors. One of the like, Kardashian like friends. Like that Scott guy or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Or like the, the, the like New Jersey girl. Like from Total. Snooki. Snooki, thank Snooki's you. Snooki's going to come out of Snooki. the woodwork and get all these headlines this week saying that she contra- contracted it. She'll How about be the OJ? biggest thing in the news. OJ. I could see OJ doing it. <laughs> Did you see his tweet a few weeks ago where he had a mask on? And he goes... He goes, who else is afraid of coronavirus? And he was like going into Costco with his mask on and somebody replied to the comments and they're like, dude, I'm more afraid of you than I am of coronavirus. No doubt. You with a mask on. Exactly. At any rate. um, Well, the WSL is canceled. Um, They postponed all events through the month of May, through the month of May due to the coronavirus concerns. That means the entire Australian leg of the CT, David, Gold Coast Bells and Margaret River with this year's newly added event, the Quicksilver Pro G-Land, also in question. Um, according to our friend Eric Logan, the CEO of the WSL, we have every intention of commencing the 2020 championship tour season and all our tours as soon as possible. We are already hard at work doing scenario planning for what a reimagined 2020 tour might look like. Thoughts on this, David? Um they sent out that press release almost a week ago now. I'm wondering if it's going to get updated pretty soon because postponing everything or pushing it back until through May 
seemed like an eternity back then. Now that seems like short a short period of time, and that maybe the whole season might even get canceled. Um, the Summer Olympics just got postponed as well as yesterday, and so that goes beyond what the WSL had postponed. Because the Summer Olympics would have taken place in July, late July and late August. July, right? So that the WSLs. Uh, but the, I I would suggest to you that let's not get ahead of ourselves like apples and oranges here because yeah. the the global logistics and planning for the Olympics is much larger than the WSL turning on their tour, which they do every year. You know, like for them to just kind of flip the switch on the tour, I think is much easier than it would be for. Yeah, agreed. And so to answer your question, though, in terms of what do I think about this? I think there's really, really ripe potential for the WSL to implement a lot of the things that we've been talking about all along. So um, Long Tom wrote an article about this on Beach Grid. So I'll kind of regurgitate some of what he said, but it's stuff that we have been saying for years. And that is basically... Sophie pitched the idea last year of eliminating pipeline and having the end of the year end in the mental wise where it's fewer surfers elimination form or um, yeah, like man on man elimination format basically. And we can, this would actually lend itself anything short of doing something radically different will be a letdown this year. If we just go into the year kind of halfway through, we all show up in July Four contests are already missed. It's going to be a lackluster year no matter what. And if somebody wins a world title, whoever wins a world title will have an asterisk next to it going, oh, yeah, well, that was the year where it was kind of a half event, a half season. Why not take this opportunity just to do something radically different, whether it is fewer surfers on tour, whether it is new locations that are just spectacular and there's high drama and high risk. This is the opportunity to try something new. And if it fails... It's kind of no big deal because it's going to be a better version than just a half-baked season, no matter what. I agree with you. I mean, I think there is opportunity for them to explore um, sort of different formats and different things and and not be like, you, oh, you upset the apple cart because the apple cart's already been upset. So let's toy with some stuff. Of course, the flip side of that is, um, hey, you know, this is the, the last we've had enough of an upset apple cart. The, the cart needs to be picked up. The apples need to be put back in it and let's get back on the normal track. Let's do things. Let's get back to normalcy. People are expecting some normalcy here. And um, I certainly hate the idea of any event, of any season not ending at pipe. Um, but I could be swayed if it's 8 to 12 foot land, uh, 8 to 12 foot can do left. You know, totally. now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, this is heavy. Totally. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to play both sides of the equation. And it doesn't have to be both sides. It could be pipe plus Kandui. Right. We could have just like a, a, a cloud break event, a Kandui event, a pipe event. You know. Yeah. With a with a different bracket system with fewer surfers. How would you do the fewer surfers thing? I mean. Yeah, I know. You're That's... looking at lawsuits at some point. I think. So I don't think you can implement that part of it. Um, that's a longer term strategy. What I do think you can do is shuffle a lot of the infrastructure on the back end that you and I have talked about over the years, which is not have the judges on site, not have um, the broadcast team on site. They can all be they could all stay in San 
Santa Monica, which allows them, by the way, to stay socially distanced and or quarantined. I think you could have one. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'll just say this. I agree with you. One broadcaster on site makes sense because During you're going to have a team interviews. there anyway. One of those guys might he might as well put the hat on as of broadcaster and doing other shit there. So you need post heat interviews that could be on site. But and, people, and that person does more than that even too. Maybe he maybe. co-broadcasts. He's on site and three guys are in Santa Monica. Yeah. And he also does post-heat interviews. Yeah. Yeah. But the three, the people calling the heats don't need to be on site. No. And the judges would actually benefit from being off site. I'm down. Yeah. So I think that'll, those are things that have needed to happen all along. And now this would be a perfect time to implement them. You they want to reduce expenses. They want to be able to travel lightly and nimbly. This will do all of that. Yeah. This would be a good time to... To kind of go, hey, we've got to do this because this is a weird year. Wink, wink. Let's try this out. Wink, yeah. wink. Um, some historical perspective. You you mentioned um, this season, whoever, if in fact we do crown a champion, that there will be an asterisk next to it. I don't think that's fair. I think that um, if there are six events, is that fair? There would be six events. Let's say there's six events. Let's say there's five events. Those five events, we went through those events through a full field of competitors. And after five events, this is who our champion is. Um, that person will have earned it and they will have been the best surfer of the year. Right. But it still has the asterisk. Possibly. The asterisk isn't to do with them not being the best surfer. It's to do with the year is different than all the years before and after. That's So as you may recall, how old were you during 9-11? 20. So September 11th, 2001, also known as 9-11... I was an editor at Surfer Magazine, and right in the middle of the season, it was, of course, a much different situation. We, we had, we were at war, and we had a known physical enemy, something that we could go, let's go attack that thing. There was a target on a map. Uh, relative to the WSL, Rabbit Bartholomew was running the ASP's Dream Tour, and um, that was the year that CJ Hobgood, CJ Hobgood, earned his one and only WCT championship. And that season was trimmed down to five events. Um, Hobgood's championship season in 2001 was diminished slightly by the fact that he went winless that year. And because three of the tour's eight scheduled events were canceled following the 9-11 attacks. His best result for that year was second place in the Bilbong Pro at Chopu. Hobgood was 22 when he became world champion. Here's what he had to say, and I quote, I'm not super talented, the drawling-voiced surfer humbly told Eastern Surf Magazine. I just work hard. Demonstrating the point a few months later at the OP Pro Mentawise specialty event held in cylindrical eight-foot tropical tubes, at which I was also a part of that. Hobgood bloodied his face on the reef after a wipeout was patched up by an attending physician, then returned to the water where he scored the day's longest tube ride. He won the world title, David, with only 3,094 points. I got a question for you. Mm. Which world champion is next in line with the least amount of points to win a world champion? Wow, interesting. Which world champion is next in line with the least amount of points? Joel Parkinson. Derek Ho. Oh. Derek Ho won. 93? Yeah, 5,510 points. That's my historical perspective. Was that a um, shortened season for any reason? 
Were there no. fewer events? No, but at, at some point they changed the, the scoring criterion or the formatting of the points yeah. where it went from, it basically doubled. Like now, yeah. obviously, as you know, like 30,000 points wins, you know, yeah. when back then 8,000 points was the winner, you know, so they just kind of like threw a zero on the end of. So it's kind of an apples and oranges game that we're playing. Well, a little bit, but yeah, I think I want to say like right around, I don't know, 2007 or something, they all of a sudden. We need to adjust for inflation with these right. points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so that's the thing. Like you said, CJ's title doesn't deserve. I don't look at it with an asterisk. He, well, except that you just told the whole story about why it has. Yeah, but I mean, when I, when, when I. He's still the best surfer that year, no matter what. I guess what I'm saying is like. When you go, oh, yeah, CJ won in 2001. I, an asterisk doesn't come into my thinking, into my imagination, into what's going on in my brain. I don't go, oh, yeah, but that was the asterisk year. Right, you know? right. Maybe that'll change. Maybe now I'll do that now that I've reminded myself about all of this. But it was a crazy time, man. I mean, oh, it yeah, was yeah. crazy. Stuff Al Hunt was... Because there was... So, the political side of it was so much bigger, you know, like yeah. the way the Australians were thinking about things, the way the Europeans were thinking about things. Of course, the way that George Bush's America was thinking about things and the messaging that was going down. And you had this international tour that was trying to kind of all come together and be as one. And some people, you know, you had people going off and, uh, you know, well, friggin' terrorists and other people going, hey, um, our country's all Muslim and we're on this tour too. And, you know, like it was just, there's a lot of crazy shit going down. It makes surfing look pretty frivolous, to be honest. Yeah. Like, there's real-world stuff going on, and um, we should discuss the world tour and what's going to happen, but honestly, it's super low on the priority list. You know, it's things. way more important? Stepping over yellow caution tape to fucking go surf. <laughs> Having your own surf experience will not change, no matter what's going on with the economy and everything else. As long as we can have those experiences. Right. So... Um, which, by the way, even if they put red tape in Del Mar or yellow tape in Del Mar, there's beaches up and down California's coast that are accessible. Yeah, I would agree with that. I you mean, can get in your car and drive. And ocean, like I said, Oceanside's wide open. And even, I mean, and even that is super residentially and commercially developed. You can drive beyond those parts and find plenty of empty waves in California. Oh, no doubt. I'm just talking about I like a, a yeah, regular, yeah. I need to go for my one hour rinse surf. Totally. Um, so another detail is that we have to imagine once fears start to assuage, it's not assuage, right? Did we say that right? Assuage. Yeah. All right. Right. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I can barely pronounce my my own name. Well, once they do, once fears start to um, assuage, yes, become (laughs) become less. Yeah. It's not like we're going to turn a green light on and all of a sudden everybody's traveling again and everybody's bank accounts are full or 401k is full again and everybody feels comfortable going everywhere. There's going to be a a lag period where the WSL has um, safety and, you know, uh, I don't know, the ability to travel and send people around the world without a real liability. But we're not going to go full bore into events yet. Let's say there's two or three months where Eric Logan can design some sort of a creative solution. Like, hey, let's send everybody to Can Dewey, like that OP, OP uh, Pro, whatever that, what was that called? OP, OP Pro Boat Trip OP Challenge. OP Pro Boat Trip Challenge. We can do things like that where it is just 10 surfers, where it doesn't, uh, where the points aren't allocated towards or don't accrue towards the uh, world title. 
but we need something to do. Right. We can travel. We just can't send everybody yet. We don't have full impunity to do what we were doing before, but we do have time and ability and resources to do something. And I think that could be interesting. That three months could be interesting. Yeah. There's opportunities there. I mean, I would suggest you could even put whoever it is, let's just say it's John, John, John and Gabe yeah. on a boat. And I mean, yeah, from Cam Dewey left, you could sit in a boat with this friggin' iPhone right here and totally. just do an Instagram live on the WSL feed or Facebook live or whatever on the WSL feed with a little lens that you can put on these things now. You can put yep. a little zoom lens on them yep. and just sit in the boat and just be commentating and do. And yeah, it's not going to be the greatest you know, you're not going to win Emmys. No. But it'll be pretty cool, I bet. And the other detail that they could really sort out in this time is the pay-per-view revenue model. If they said, we're going to send John John and Gabriel to Kandui, and we're going to charge 10 bucks, it's going to be a live event, and it's going to run for six hours, and we're going to charge 10 bucks a person to watch it, absolutely I will be watching that yeah. and giving them 10 bucks. No doubt. So I think, again, lots of opportunity here yeah. for the WSL, which, by the way... Are they nimble enough? Yes. Can they, you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think, look, they have a billion dollars, a billion dollar uh, billionaire per strings <laughs> that they can, in theory, rely on. I don't know what Dirk's commitment to this is. Yeah. But in theory, they're not going to run out of cash anytime soon. Now's the time to kind of double down. They can really do interesting things. Or maybe, to be honest, they're eliminating a lot of expenses that they were planning on using. Right. For these other for the world tour events right. that they could reallocate towards right. investing in new things like this. Here's the other thing that Eric needs to think about, and I know he has because he's a smart guy. Is the way that this thing is unfolding regionally is that some places have gone through this big curve on the graph and they're on the downward cycle of it, like China and South Korea, for for example. Right? We don't know where Indonesia is on this curve. We don't know if they're going to have their crazy spike and, and run on hospitals and all of that bad stuff in August. While, you know, here in California, we're like, cool, we did it already in March. We're, we're good. Like, we flattened the curve. And, yeah, there's still some lingering shit, but people are back to work. And, and this region of the country has gone through its spike. And New York went through its spike. And the Washington state went through its spike. Unfortunately, now maybe, you know, Maryland's still dealing with their spike or Indiana or whatever. And in, on an international level, maybe, you know, France has got their spike a little later or maybe it's Morocco. Or, so my point is, is that they need to look regionally at where this thing has already hit and has been flattened out and is now safe to go and maybe do some of these events. Because it's not going to all be, let's, we can all just turn it on June 1st. We might be able to turn it on June 1st in Italy because they've gone through it. Yeah, but each region's going to have their own flattening of the curve time graph. Yep, totally. Well, are those things potentially more than fourteen days away? Because we can eliminate everything in fourteen days if you stay six feet away from all other human beings during that time. Yeah, I, I question whether social distancing is happening in Jakarta. To be quite frank with you, like. But we need to remind them that if they do, then they can eliminate it. Right, right. 14 days is all we need to nip this thing. The thing is, some of these places, because their economies are so still third world, if you will, or yeah. in many cases rural, um, they, they're like, hey, I've got four kids that are, need milk. I've got to go get milk. 
Like, and getting milk isn't like, yeah, Amazon's going to drop a drone of four quarts off. Right. It's like, I got to go interact with a bunch of people. And in doing that, I have to walk the busy streets of Padang or Jakarta or wherever the hell it is. And in that process, this thing's being passed asymptomatically. I don't even know I have it and I'm giving it to you. Right. And I don't feel bad at all. So what's the problem here, officer? Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't sense that we... If we just all stay six feet away right now for, for 14 days, the entire world's going to be able to turn it on. Well, you not everybody will be able to do what I'm saying. But yes, if we did what I'm saying, we would fix right. it. Okay. Uh, by the way, you know who's certain businesses that are going to thrive? And then we'll talk about businesses that are going to get hurt. Businesses that are going to thrive during this time? Podcasting. Podcast content is raging. And you want to know about what some of the elemental truths are in surfing, Scott? Yes. Give me an elemental truth. What they say about humanity. Yes. You've already said it. We're greedy. We're selfish. If you just look at surfing as a microcosm. We're the worst. We're the worst. Surfers are the worst. You've said it for years. Well, those are the exact topics that our friend Dave Prodan leans into on his podcast. The lineup with Dave Prodan. Dude, pop- I love Dave. Listeners need content right now. Dave guy's, Prodan guy's banging smart. out weekly content. He's a smart guy. So um, obviously listeners know Dave's been a friend of the show for a long time. I mean, you were bringing him on this show when we first met was the first time that I met or uh, first time I met Dave was through you inviting him on this show probably five years ago, I'd say. Um Anyways, he has a new podcast or relatively new podcast. It's presented by the WSL. It's available on the Himalaya app. And um, I know you insist that surfing is not a sport. Well, despite Prodan's guest list being a who's who of world-class athletes, he doesn't just ask them about their contest wins. He's investigating the lifestyle of surfing. And so it appeals to surfers and non-surfers alike. You can hear Mick Fanning, Carissa Moore, Kyle Lenny, Stephanie Gilmore, all talking about their lifestyle and habits, and then apply those principles to your own passion and routine, whatever it may be, even if you're a non-surfer. So um, what's the show called, Scott? The Lineup with with Dave Dave Prodan, which is interesting. My very first show was called In the Lineup. I know. At Surfer Magazine in 2005. I was wondering if you were going to sue due to that. Hell no. I'm stoked (laughs) for Dave. I will say this. My take on this is that Surfing is not only a sport, it's much more than a sport. It's much more than a lifestyle. Surfing is the very essence of who we are on a cellular level. I agree. But it's not really a sport. It's a great athletic endeavor, and I love to watch it. You know why it's not a sport? Because you don't... There's uh, no defense. Right, right, right. That's right. You don't want to be bored with my definition of sport do you i was just trying to recall it you've told me enough that i should remember you have to score your own points you have to wear a collared shirt no no you have to (laughs) you have to score your own points there has to to be a defender defending you from scoring your own points right it has to be objective there cannot be any subjective judging and you can't smoke a cigarette while you do it or wear leisure pants right 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 you know what else uh what other business is thriving direct to consumer Hell ordering yeah. stuff online so yes. that you don't have to deal with it and then of course the delivery companies that are doing fulfilling all that stuff yes so shout out to our longtime sponsor need essentials yes need essentials.com um 
will get you wetsuits direct to your door. They're less expensive than almost every other wetsuit brand, but they're equally as high quality. The new ultra premium rapid dry thermals are epic, top of the line suits for, I don't know, half the price. I need to get one of those. Yeah, dude, the things are legit. 80% rapid dry thermal lining, external liquid flex seamed. They have a 3-2, obviously. Oh yeah, 3-2. Internally taped in addition to that external flex glue. Uh, So yeah, Neat Essentials has been a longtime supporter. And if you're doing like Scott and breaking the rules, you're going to need a new wetsuit. Dude, I was wearing my uh, puffy jacket this morning when I broke the rules to check the surf. Yep. When I stepped over the yellow cautionary tape, I was wearing my puffy. Perfect. Neat essential. I love it. Toasty. Yeah, so not only wetsuits, but outerwear for the mountain and board shorts and all that. Oh, and speaking stuff. of that, so my son came back from Montana, right? He was working on, on the mountain at Big Sky. And my wife were like going through his stuff and like helping him kind of sort his stuff from the mountain. And she goes, which one did you wear the most? And he goes, you know what? Honestly, I wore my need the most. Mm-hmm. I was just wearing my need. Totally. And he's like, yeah, it's like the killer shell. Like, Because Rob sent Hank a beautiful shell, outer like lightweight shell thing. The shell's great. So the jackets are, um, the outerwear jackets, it's like, I think the thin one, which you could wear like every day, basically. I've even worn it in Hawaii and stuff. And then the puffy one with a hood, which is a little bit thicker. And then the third one is an actual shell, like a snowboard shell. Yeah. And you can wear all three of them if you are in really cold situation or just kind of stack and layer based on the temperature. But the brand's amazing. The product's amazing. Um, you know what? Things are going to suffer during this time, Scott. It's leading us into our next, next story. Retail is really hurting. Volcom. Did you see the Volcom news? What maybe I think I did. Dude, Volcom laid off seventy-five percent of their U.S. workforce and one hundred percent of their European workforce. So what they said in a quote to Shop Eat Surf is that they're being proactive across the board because we don't believe that the market was going to turn around anytime soon, and we owe it to our employees and not to not manage the business with optimism. The virus and associated actions are so fast moving that it feel one day feels like a decade. We had to react swiftly. Approximate 75% of the U.S. staff is furloughed and nearly 100% of the European staff is furloughed. The U.S. company is paying all benefit costs and paying out paid time off uh, accruals if requested. The staff will be eligible for unemployment. The EU staff is accept- is assessing um, their governmental social benefits. Our goal is to bring the staff back, but right now it's like a free fall. Our offices and retail stores in the US and the EU are closed until it's safe to reopen, end quote. They're owned by that multinational, is it Zeering or Gearing or who owns? Kearing. Kearing, yeah, they own Volcom. Well, that's... I mean, that's just the reality. Like, that doesn't mean Volcom's evil. That just means that's the reality of the deal, you know? And I don't know, though, if it's even reality. To be honest, this feels almost like it spreads more panic. Like, I talked to somebody the other day in the surf business who said, oh, yeah, we're up, actually. Like, this month over last year and this month over last month is looking good. And who? I I don't need – I'd rather not say, but um, it is more e-com based, the business. And so – I just hearing that in my mind actually made me feel more free to spend. I was at the grocery store at the time and it was almost like, oh, all right, well, whatever stress I was feeling when I walked in, I don't feel anymore because things are up. Everything's okay. It's almost act as if, you know? And so 
seeing I can news. See you at the grocery store <laughs> with a tinge of optimism. You're like, you know what? I will buy the truffles. <laughs> Put the ten dollar bottle of wine back. I'm going for the fifteen dollar bottle. <laughs> uh, but it just it was a mental. It did affect me mentally. I'm acknowledging, and so then reading the Volcom story made me seize up. It made me feel like, oh no, the world is ending. And so I really think it's important to act as if. Look, don't be stupid. Don't go out and make crazy purchases. But if you were looking to buy a car and your income and revenue hasn't changed, reality is you're going to get a better interest rate now than you would have last week. Yeah. If you're going to buy a home, the how the market's probably going to benefit you, a buyers in the next six months or a year. You know, so and certainly again, interest rates from the Fed are at an all-time low, money is free. So there's opportunities right now, I think. That would be an interesting segment for the show, is that what opportunities there, are there? I was there? gonna just bring that up because there are a lot of opportunities. Specifically, you mentioned when this thing gets turned on and there's gonna be like maybe a month or two months where people are still sort of wallowing in the mire and not really moving um, in an aggressive fashion. I think travel, surf travel, like if you wanna do a surgical strike, I'm all about it. You know, like I'm all about doing that once it's healthy to travel once Safe. once they say you can get on an airplane i yeah. don't even care if, they're, if it's not healthy to travel like and by the way don't abide by my what i'm saying here but this is the way i would behave i've always said it's best time to travel is right after an earthquake or a coup well you know like go to that place because no one's going there and everyone wants you there and they want you to be there and they want your money and and so i think there's plenty of going to be really good travel opportunities once you internally are good with the risk and you have assessed the risk and you're willing to maybe roll the dice. Airfare, uh, for some, we looked at prices last night to Florida, $67 on JetBlue from LA to Florida last night. How crazy. Why would you go to Florida? I can't, I don't want to say, but. Uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, nothing against Florida, but I don't, that's a state that I think is about to hit the curve pretty radically. Agreed. But. The point remains, airfare is cheap. Right. Airfare is super cheap. Yeah. Airlines are going to need to get bailed out ultimately in the end of this. Um, Some other opportunities. I think young brands like that are still nimble and can... Like Volcom's a great example of a brand that's not nimble. Like it's a multinational corporation. They all have the same distribution, you know, the chain, their supply chain. Everything's kind of like all okay. If we're going to turn everything off, they're turning everything off. And know? decisions are largely made by a board of directors. At this yeah, point. exactly yeah. right. Whereas like smaller surf brands, which by the way, might actually have healthier balance sheets. Like, like they less have debt. to. Well, they yeah, they have to be profitable. Yeah. In order to kind of succeed from year to year yeah, yeah they're gonna have less line access to credit and all that sort of thing so like, if, like a salty crew for instance or even i think there's opportunity for if you've been percolating with a brand and you've been developing it in a design studio such as this one and you're about to maybe think about launching it and you're kind of like oh this is a bummer i see it as more like hey i think there's opportunity here to like you know Unleash your brand on the world. It's just hard to spend your money. Like if you have that capital and your ability to do that, it's hard to spend it right now because cash is king and you don't know where this is going. But I agree with you. Do it, do it, do it prudently. You know, don't spend everything. But a thousand bucks right now can go a long way, a lot longer than ten thousand would have two months ago. I'd say. So yeah. Um, and by the way, just you reminded me. You said 
like the design studio that we're in. We owe a shout out to Album Surfboards. That's where we're recording today's podcast. Shack, our home studio, is just a mile down the road, but they are closed until uh, April 1st as of now. But you can check them out at shack.org as always. Um, they're just you know taking the precaution. They don't want people coming in to check out the museum and possibly transferring the virus but album surfboards we are quarantined up in their spare room so yeah thank you matt and the parker clan and the album family we're stoked to be here yeah um at any rate yeah there are real opportunities we'll investigate that maybe talk about it more in depth in our next show but i would say to listeners again in the kind of with the idea of keeping things optimistic don't cease all spending we need to keep the economic wheel kind of turning. And again, don't make bad decisions. Don't do anything stupid. But if you need a wetsuit, buy a wetsuit. Don't be afraid to buy a wetsuit. That fear of spending will only seize things up further and really unnecessarily. So keep small business, shop small, keep small business going, either through local retail, local coffee shops, local board builders. Or I have a Ryan Sakel board that I need to go pick up. I have a um, a Sanford and Sons wooden surfboard that's going to be finished soon. And I have, I feel like I have another board, but I'm not sure, being made. Well, they're going to they're <laughs> gonna come to collect pretty soon, I'm sure. No problem. And I just bought a new Apple TV module thing. So I'm all about spend, use discretion, but yeah. let's, let's move on here. Yeah. Let's. I agree. Let's, Let's keep not, the wheels spinning. You know, fear is, you know, it's a powerful thing and it's best if we just overcome it through faith and through action. Yeah. God honors action. But there's also, I can't access the quote right now, but it's something to the effect of like, you realize at the end of your life that you spent your whole life worrying about things that never came to fruition. Exactly. Should I step over the cautionary tape or not? Right. Hell yeah, I'm stepping over the cautionary tape. Right. I'm running down the beach. I'm jumping into the ocean. I'm going to catch a bunch of super fun three foot cylinder, you know, like crystal green persuasion peelers. You're going to get your cardio get in for so the day. Pitted. You're going to get your spiritual connectivity in for the day. Right. A little vomit in my mouth right yeah, then. But all yes. of it. All of it. Um, but I mean, the truth is so yes. much of what you worry about never ends up happening anyways. Exactly. Right. So this is one of those times to kind of keep that in mind and keep the good vibes going. Uh, Palm Springs surf surf club. Yeah. Posted a couple of videos this last week or two. Um, well, so, okay, let's back up global implications for the business. If the Olympics, a lot of people were hinging kind of betting big on the Olympics exploding the surf industry lots of new opportunity surfing is going to be presented to the masses wave pools we're going to be one of the beneficiaries of that thing because it'll bring surfing to all of middle wherever middle america and elsewhere um so there's this wave pool arms race that we've been covering for the last couple of years palm springs surf club is not open but they're definitely functional dylan graves posted a video surfing it with shane magnuson part of his weird wave series and the pool looked super fun. I was unaware of this, by the way. This is my own failure of not doing my journalistic. Uh, Are you a journalist? No, no. Okay, good. But I'm you didn't of, do anything wrong. Thank you. 
So I thought that it was a uh, American Wave Machines company because Shane Magnuson was there working on it and because it looked similar. It's not. It's Tom Lochtefeld's technology. Lochserf or whatever yeah, he was calling it. Cool. So um, it, it's the technology is different, but the wave looks somewhat similar. Yeah. In that it breaks up against the. Those two guys used to be together. Did you okay. know that? No. American Wave Machine and Lochtefeld, those two, the brains behind that worked together. And then there was a falling out of some sort. I don't even know. I, I, I don't want to get into it. But there was a falling out. And so it wouldn't surprise me if there's some similarities regarding the wave quality and, and how good it is. You know? Well, it's a short wave. Um, the Palm Springs version is, is a short wave. And it breaks up. That might up. be limited by the pool size. Yeah, though. exactly. Isn't that pool, wasn't that pool already in existence? Yeah. Yeah. And so they just, they just plugged in the technology. They didn't do a fresh pour of concrete. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know. I want to say that that pool was already I mean, there. That was Wet and Wild Wave Park. Or oh, whatever. okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But I, it looked like new concrete. Oh, to did me. it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, the wave breaks up against the wall. It's like a steep takeoff with a barrel and then like a rippable section at the end for whatever the program was that we were watching on that video. So I'm sure they could change it and be less barrel or more barrel or whatever. But it looked fun. It's short wave, punchy, fun. I'm going to, as I was kind of um, thinking about Lochtefeld, I'm like, man, I know that guy's name because they said it in The Endless Summer 2. That was probably the first time I heard it because they were talking about the flow rider in that yeah. film. And then I he I've heard it so much over the years, I don't know enough about Tom Lochtefeld. La Jolla guy. I researched it. Tom and Peter Lochtefeld, both La Jolla guys. Well, Women Sea Surfers. Yeah. I blacks. figured you would know a ton because of that San Yeah, Diego Tom's connection. a good guy, super good guy, really smart. And of course, he's been in this this space for a long, long time because of um, Swatch and that whole Brutus Maximus wave that he has down there at Mission Beach. I'll give you the full rundown from yeah. Matt Warshaw's Encyclopedia of Surfing, which is another small business. And Matt said in his newsletter this week that his subscriptions are up. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, he um, his it's three bucks a month to subscribe. So why wouldn't you subscribe to that? Yeah, if you need content Basically, now, that's a great. Anything intelligent that I say on the show, it's probably because I'm reading it verbatim from Matt Warshaw. I try to call you out whenever I hear, whenever I hear Warshaw's words coming out of your mouth. I'm like, wait a second, Scott. Uh, all right, so um, philogenous. All right, quote: Inventive and entrepreneurial surf designer from La Jolla, California, architect of the 1990 patent Flowrider standing wave machine. Lochtefeld was born in 52 in San Diego, California, raised in Pacific Beach, and began surfing at the age of 10. He graduated in 1974 from the University of San Diego Law School, worked as a real estate developer, and in 1983 co-founded the Raging Waters theme park chain in California and Utah. Side note, I went to that thing when I was a kid all the time. I probably got some bacterial infections from it. <laughs> you but, and Rick Kane. <laughs> but I had a blast there and yeah. was unaware of his connection uh, until later in life anyways. Quote, water, oh, uh, five years later, along with fellow La Jolla surfer designer Carl Ekstrom and builder Buzzy Sipes. Buzz Sipes, yeah. Buzz Sipes. Another win and see guy. Lochtefeld began working on what would become the flow rider. The wave is created by a thin layer of water shot at high speed over a hard rubber inclined ramp, which deflects the water into a wave, non-breaking or crumbling or barreling as determined by the type of flow rider or the machine operator. 
In, in 2001, Lochtefeld opened Wave House in South Africa in Durban, a full-scale aquatic museum park featuring his best flow rider technology alongside a faux California beachfront. More Wave Houses followed, and in 2013, Lochtefeld's Wave Lock Company and designed Lochtefeld's Wave Comp Company had designed and installed nearly 200 flow riders in locations around the world, including Norway, Germany, Japan, Mexico, South Korea, United Arab Emirates. The more powerful machines are capable of producing 12 foot high standing waves. Flow riders also became popular feature on cruise ships. Locked In, a 2000 video game featured Kelly Slater, Christian Fletcher, Luke Egan, among other top pro uh, surfers, riding Lochtefeld standing waves in venues around the world. Wave House Belmont Park LLC, one of Lochtefeld's companies, was forced to was forced to file bankruptcy in 2011 after a rent dispute with the city of San Diego concerning his Wave House in Mission Beach. He settled with the city and the company emerged from Chapter 11 in 2013. The following year, Lochtefeld sold the Flowrider business and put his attention towards creating surf pools under his Wave Lock banner. Scale model versions of Lochtefeld's Wave uh, Surf Pool line were on display in 2014 and projects were said to be in development but as of mid 2015 none of the pools were yet open to the public so obviously that um bit from matt warshaw can be updated now even though it's still not open to the public it's close and it's my understanding that the oceanside um wave park that they're building there off the 76 is going to be tom lochtefeld's technology oh okay yeah wave that's lock. right yeah. that's right yeah so look, this, that wavepoolmag.com, that wave pool that Brian Dickerson puts out, is he puts out basically a newsletter. And I think there's, there's, well, there is a website. And it's got tons of updates. He sends out a newsletter almost every week updating what's going on in the world of wave pools. So if any of this stuff interests you, there's a plethora of information from Brian Dickerson. Awesome. Who's an old friend who used to work um, at a number of different places, but Surfer's Village that old website he was brian was the editor there for a long time awesome i have a note from our good buddy sid abruzzi sid yeah no that's that's nope. sid from new jersey sid abruzzi rhode island rhode island right. newport rhode island right. um icon yes. east coast icon absolutely early x games host have I you been he... watching homeland no oh. is it good because Sid looks like Hakani, the, the Taliban oh, really? guy. <laughs> really? He kind of reminds me of Sid. In the, in the uh, biopic bio of Sid Abruzzi, which definitely will happen at some He's point. He's like a punk rock skate surf legend. Robert De Niro will play him. Or Sean Penn. De Niro will be too old. Yeah, that's true. He's a doppelganger, though. He is. For sure. And Sean Penn will probably will be too old, too. But Sid Abruzzi... East Coast icon, like you said. Are they really doing a movie on it? No. Oh. Well, I mean, eventually, they right. have to. If they, they didn't, they'd be remiss. Anyways, my point in bringing up Sid is that um, they're petitioning New the city of Newport, Rhode Island, to donate land um, located at the Louis Duke Abruzzi Park, which is actually a park named after Sid's dad. They want them to open that up for building a skate park. And so they're, all they need is some signatures. So I'm going to read uh, directly from his wife's note that she sent me. It's a membership Fawns skate park. Friends of Newport. Uh, friends of Newport. Anyways, Fawns skate park. 
I'm sorry, Friends of Newport Skate Park, FONS, is a membership-based nonprofit currently asking for the public to become a member of FONS to show their support. Membership holds no requirement other than that you support the building of the skate park in Rhode Island, in Newport. So we need this skate park. We want this skate park to be built. Potential location is the park that's already named after Sid's dad. And... Um, they want to have a full public skate park and full regulation basketball court. Only after the land is donated would they begin the, fr the fundraising effort. So give them a call if you have any questions. Friendsofnewportskatepark.com is the website. That is also the Instagram handle. Fonz, Friends of Newport Skate Park. Cool. There's a park named after Sid's dad there. They just want to get that opened up to build the skate park on it right. and the basketball court. So, so they're looking go, for people to just go sign, sign up, up and agree that that's a good idea. That's it. They'll present that to the city council or whoever and they'll be they'll perhaps go, "Okay, you can have the land," at which point they'll raise money to build the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So Sid legend. Um do you have Duke's Kooks must see moments, any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, well as you know, I don't like to call people out for being a kook because it would be hypocritical. But perhaps I'm the kook today for having a negative outlook upon this person that decided to paddle out next to me this morning instead of a positive outlook. I feel like all your kooks... Are you looking in the mirror? You're finding somebody who you identify with and you see us like that person did exactly what you did. Right. And you're looking at yourself and you are it's yes, a, there's you're a lot of questioning. Yes, there's a lot of self-examination here. We so, need to go back over the whole list of 150 whatever episodes we've done. And we could really do a psychological assessment. I Not only of you, you, probably me too. I guarantee you that. Usually anybody that I have a problem with, it's because I see myself in them. Yeah. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. This is profound, Scott. I think it's pretty simple psychology. Well, the fact profound. that you can even admit it is really kind of a huge leap. A lot of people <laughs> Thank never, you, doctor. A lot of people never even get to that, right? Yeah. A lot of people go blindly through life with no self-reflection. All right. Well, I do have a kook because I don't mind shaming people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with you then. Spring breakers, dude. Absolutely. Speaking of Florida. I fully would have been a 20-year-old 20, 20 in Florida just pounding keg beer with yeah. my bros playing beer pong. There's no doubt. Be like, I booked this a month ago. My 800 bucks. I'm not getting back. Of course I'm going to show up and use I, it. I would be that horrible person that would just be like on the news going, come on, let's party. This is bullshit. Yeah. Sadly. Not those that news clip will not age well for those people and their posterity. No, no. Uh, but yeah, spring breakers. And I'll go even farther and say border crossers in general. Border crossers. Border crossers are kooks this month. Again. Crossing any border? You mean state boundary? Or? Yes. Even state boundaries. A state boundary. Even state boundaries. What about a county boundary? If I Counties I'm count not so concerned about. But state okay. boundaries I am concerned about. And... Again, we can completely eradicate this virus if we spent 14 days six feet away from everybody. And each state has their own kind of way of regulating and responsibilities. And crossing those boundaries is only creating uh, more complexity and transmission issues. So 
Scott just hosed down my microphone. With, with alcohol. With alcohol. Because, you know, Chaz uses this microphone. <laughs> if Chaz is using this thing, I'm... You were reminded when I'm, I said border crossers that I'm, you need another spritz? Yeah, I'm going to dip this thing in an alcohol bath. Um, so kooks are spring breakers. Shame. A pox on thee. A literal pox, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps a literal pox. That sounds like a t-shirt that should be made. My, um... My Duke is the exact opposite. My Duke are all of the first responders in the medical community on the front line of this. Look, if you're a nurse or a doctor, anybody working in the medical community, you're subjected to this. People are coming in every single day being treated. I mean, first of all, for other things as well. But for this, if you work in the medical community, you're almost guaranteed to get this if you're in a place where they have outbreaks. So amazing work being done there. They're, sub- here, they're here. not only subjecting themselves, they're subjecting their family. All of those medical workers go home to kids, potentially to elderly. And so what they're going to have to do is not see their grandparents or their own parents during this time because they are definitely subject to it and not just for two weeks. They're subject to it for the couple of months that we're really dealing with this. So how would it be to not be able to see your parents or your grandparents during this time? Yes. One of my, my next door neighbor is a nurse. And so I'm going to go when I get an opportunity and thank her for her service. Thank her from afar. I will, from six feet with a spritzer in my hand, an alcohol spritzer. Drone a box of, does she surf? Give her a wetsuit, give her a neat essentials wetsuit. I don't think she surfs. Maybe I could drone a box of like Starbucks gift cards or something. There you go. Harry and David. Does that seem pairs. Like, like I didn't give it too much thought though? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty impersonal. Yeah. Find out what she likes. Right. You know what? I got you. I got How about you right a softy, like a pillow, like a really nice soft pillow, a fresh brand new pillow. Because she's she going to need sleep. sleep. She's going to need the sleep. With a killer fresh soft pillow. I like it. I was going to suggest a handwritten card would actually be adequate. Right. I but would. I like your idea of stimulating the economy. Right. So make a purchase. And I have a must-see moment. Me too. And I've mentioned it already, but I'm going to mention it again. Actually, I actually have two of them. It's probably too late to do a cam rewind on the Snapper Rocks cam from March 18th. But that was incredible. And I'm sure that Surfline will be able, will offer it in some form, uh, you know, some sort of edit they'll create. And then the other one is Blinded by the Light. If you need an uplifting, innocent, charming, heartwarming film, this is the one for you. I'm going to watch it. And if you like Bruce Springsteen, which I do. I'm going to watch it tonight. And even if you don't like Bruce Springsteen, you're going to like this. Okay. I bet you you find yourself enjoying Bruce Springsteen. I'm glad because I've never cared about Bruce Springsteen, but I know that people are like loyal fans. Yeah. And so I really want to know what that's all about. Yeah. And this would be a perfect entry. I have the same. I, I love Bruce Springsteen, but I have the same kind of thing with like the Grateful Dead. Like, yeah. I actually kind of am okay with their music, but it's the throngs that follow them that I have right. a problem with. Totally. And therein, I need to look at myself. What is it that I have a problem with? I had a good debate. Excavate this. I had a good debate with Scott Hewlett in a car one time about the Grateful Dead. He hates the Grateful Dead in the way that the Big Lebowski hates the Eagles, you know, where it's just like, let me out of the car right now. Like, F the Grateful Dead. And then I got to talking to him about it. And I was like, I think you just don't like the throngs of the people. The, the loyal following is what you're anti. You're anti the culture that... Exactly. And then he 
I think I was right, but he didn't want to admit it. No, you were right. And he was just like, no, no, no. I like, I hate the songs. They go on for 11 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, but if you were on acid and at the concert, (laughs) you, that would be blowing your mind. Well, you know, like the question is, do you like whipping post by the Allman Brothers? Yes or no? Because that's a 20 minute song. It all comes back to the Allman Brothers every single time. Well, if, I mean, if that's a good question for a guy who doesn't like, like if your argument is, I don't like 11 minute songs, I would go, well, do you like this one? Right. And they're either going to go, uh, well, actually, I do, like by telling the truth, yeah. or they're going to say no, at which point I go, okay, well, then your, your argument holds some water. So uh, the reason, so that thought of like, you don't like the culture that surrounds this group, that's why I don't like Journey, is because every, uh, I don't know, 38 to 48, no, 38 to 55-year-old female in the restaurant, when the Journey song comes on, Puts their glass down and goes, I love this song. Don't stop believing. This reminds me of blah, blah, blah. And then they'll even pull out their lighters and start like swaying back and forth. We need to send you forth. to a Yacht Rock concert, exactly. dude. Because you would not like it. I can tell. You you, you, it, gotta, you know how we're going to exercise this demon from you? We're going to send you to go see Mustache Harbor, which is this Yacht Rock band down at the Belly Up. They probably play up here too, where you, you live up in No, Miami. we have Yachty by Nature by us. There you go. My point is you're going to have to exercise the demons by going and watching the 38-year-old with their Chardonnay glass singing exactly. like... Don't stop believing. That little river band, Poco, the oh, Hall Notes. LBR? <laughs> or LRB? The big one is, the big one is Chris, Christopher Cross. Sailing <laughs> yeah, exactly. takes me away. See, you're going to dig it. Dude. You're going to leave there going, you know what? I'm going to go buy a Neil Diamond album. See, I'm down with all that. I like Yacht Rock in general, but the the journey the culture journey specifically i'm like dude are you kidding me we all know every single word to every single song therefore it can't be your favorite you got to try harder it can't do, be everybody do you know the guitarist the lead guitarist for journey is no he was the lead guitarist when he was like 15 years old for santana he was one of the guitar players not really? the, obviously not the lead guitarist. i was gonna say you can't can't be lead no but college. he like he's kind he's a really good guitar player i mean i actually like journey i think journey's actually and as i get older all of these bands that i would vomit in my mouth a little bit i've found that i'm starting to really enjoy them yeah because there's well, no social drama that's attached to it that i put in my own head about it like which is maybe what scott hewlett has with the dead right well so the dead i want to be in on that like i've never in Invested in getting to know their music or anything, but I kind of want to be in on what those people are into. Not necessarily acid, but like their that level of love and like uh, adoration and camaraderie. I'm jealous of. That's kind of a cult. I'm actually more into the music. Like that. What I'm getting at is the music isn't really that bad. It's actually really good. Yeah, Some they're of it's really good musicians. Like, yeah. And so from a music standpoint, I, I think Journey is that way too. I think a lot of these guys, right. yeah, look, they're polished because they had some producer and they're going, look, we got to make a three-minute hit or you're out. But at the end of the day, you can underneath it all, you can see that they're incredible musicians. Yeah. All right. Well, my must-see moment is the decline. Loss uh, seminal surf films are now being put on YouTube by Lost themselves. Last week they released Five Five by Nineteen and a Quarter, which again, that is a flashpoint in surfing when that movie came out. And just yesterday they put The Decline on as well, so you can watch the full length films on YouTube. If you're quarantined, you need content right now, and you're done listening to podcasts for the day. 
turn on loss. I would even suggest that if you're in a place where they've closed the beach and they have yellow cautionary tape up, watch those movies and that'll get you fired up to snip that tape with some sharp scissors and walk right through it proudly and go paddle out and surf. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. You're going to burn that tape. You're going to light it on. You're going to douse it in flammables and light it on fire. I have Inspired. a. Re- I have an end of show song request. Yeah. Sign in Stranger by Steely Dan. Okay. Do you know this song? Is it quarantine related? No. It's okay. just a great Steely Dan song. And since we were starting to talk music, I was thinking, I think Yacht Rock had me thinking about Chris Cote, which had me thinking about Steely Dan. He loves Steely Dan. Uh, if, I, if you don't like Steely Dan, you can't be my friend. I was going to try to, I mean, there's so many quarantine songs we could end the show with. Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Well, I don't want to overproduce the show. If you've got a better one, go for no. it. No, I just always try to pick, it does have to fit the theme of the show or uh, some detail that came up in conversation. Hmm. I don't know if this does. This well, is... no, it does because you just tied, oh. the, you connected the dots for us. Oh, right. Okay, boom. Right. All right, then I think we should cut to that All soon. Right. We should thank Album for hosting us. Yes. We should thank the WSL for supporting us with Dave Prodan's Himalaya app-based The Lineup. Yes. Shout out to them. And then, of course... NeedEssentials.com has supported us for years now in terms of keeping us warm and keeping us in business. So Need Essentials for all your wetsuits and outerwear needs. Absolutely. And Need Scott. Essentials, Matt Parker album, and the WSL. We're stoked and we thank you. Uh, and then also, of course, the Boardroom Show. Come visit us in September. Yes, the 26th and 27th of September. All the information's at boardroomshow.com. By the way, real quick, Danilo Quota on the next Boardroom Podcast coming at you. Nice. Probably next week. Nice. Yeah. All right, Scott. Until next time, adios and aloha. Have you heard about the boom on design? Fine. People got to shout to stay on.
folks are in a 